This is the Wandering Berry Center podcast. I am your host, Brian. On the other end is Alex. Hey, everyone. Coming at you this week. I don't know how it is for you, but it's rainy. Oh, it's actually been like the first little bit of summer. Oh, nice. You could say. Not that it's technically summer, but 85 and sunny the last two days. Not bad. Not we bad, need the rain actually. over here, so I'll take yeah. it. I think we're supposed to get the rain the rest of this week, so... So before we move on to the the topics, um, a bit of rambling. The I don't know if you heard, uh, the tall man is back. I'm glad you brought that up. I just watched um, his first episode. I'm glad uh, you did. While I was I, eating dinner, I got the first 15 minutes in. So real quick, the tall man made me very happy. <laughs> the tall man is uh, this guy Ed China, and he is most known for being uh, half of the duo on a show called The Wheeler Dealers, which mm-hmm. is a show where they, they go out and they try to buy a car and fix it up and then sell it for a profit. But it was a British show, and Mike Brewer... Super, one of the most popular shows. Well, I think one of the most popular an shows. An extremely popular show, at least over there. Yeah. Less so in the U.S., but still. But still popular and very deserving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, the show ended, uh, or they split ways, I suppose, basically. Yeah, I think I think the show is still going on with Mike Brewer and, and somebody else. But I think Ed had disagreements with, not Mike, but with the production staff and like the direction yeah. of the show. Yeah. So yeah, he, he went off, or he left the show, and then just today, they uh, he put out his, what I think is a, it's going to be a YouTube show, although it's professionally mm-hmm. produced. Yeah, it definitely is. Yeah. I should say we're not sponsored or anything. We just love Head China. Yeah, well, one of the the disagreement came because he, and when the show started, you know, really prided himself on getting into the details of the repairs and showing the viewer the steps involved and and what's needed in restoring a particular aspect of the car or whatever. Um, And then, so that became less and less of an important aspect of the show because of viewer interest maybe, but also apparently it was difficult to film. Yeah. Yep. Um, some of that more detailed stuff. So having watched the first episode, I won't ruin it for you, but definitely a return to form in that respect. Definitely. Yeah. And he picks a, a neat car. They go with yeah. a, uh, yeah, that's a, a good start. A golf Volkswagen. Pretty golf. amazingly polished for a first episode of a show. too. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's at China. This man's built a, a couch that holds the world record for fastest furniture. That's right. How fast did it go? <laughs> I don't know. Over 100 <laughs> miles an hour, I think. Or maybe it was like 95 miles an hour. Yeah, I don't remember if it was triple digits or not. But it's it's literally what you imagine. It's It was him sitting on a couch that had basically just a steering wheel coming out of the couch somehow. <laughs> and wheels. And you didn't, couldn't really see the engine. And just, nope. I think he made a motorized bed, too. Yeah, I think if, I don't know if his website's still this way, but if you'd go there and there's some little blurb about him being known for fast furniture. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think the couch even, even had like a little lamp coming off an end table and like yeah, it looked yeah. like a little setup. It was pretty funny. <laughs> so yeah, much like you, I saw Ed China's new show today and I was yeah. very pleased. Pretty great. Yeah. You usually don't, but do you have any ramblings you need to get off your chest? Uh, any ramblings to get off my chest? I don't think so. Not this week. 
everything's pretty pretty smooth so my topic then um more general but first what what got me onto the topic was uh, i was reading a story about a city in japan a town sorry not to say 1700 people uh <laughs> well they might have had a different classification to what made a city back true then. true Two i mean they're 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 yeah they're they're working like a city in in some ways so uh kamikatsu japan it's in uh southwestern japan uh, sort of off the the main section of, of Japan, if you will. If you're looking on a map, there's a, what looks like another large-ish island. Anyway, not really important. Uh, so the point of this I is... I am going to look, though. Okay, yeah. It's uh, K-A-M-I-K-A-T-S-U. Kamikatsu. Whoa, and did my uh, map just default to? I was reading an article about this That's city weird. and this town... And their attempts to become completely zero, what the, the term is zero waste. Oh, okay. Uh, which is essentially just recycling everything that you can or using everything that you can in a meaningful way mm-hmm. as far as trash is concerned. Um, so that just got me onto the topic of zero waste in general. And we can vamp on that and some ideas and, and whatnot. But this city, or the, geez, I keep calling it a city. It's not a city, it's a town. It's a very quaint, <laughs> quaint little-looking Japanese town. What did you say the name of it was again? Kamikatsu. Kamikatsu. And it's on this second island? Yeah. Should be. That's north? No, south. Like, if you oh, were oh, oh, oh. southwest. If you were looking at Tokyo, you would go very south and a bit west. Okay, I think I have it. Yeah, and maybe I spelt it wrong. I'll be honest, I uh, copied it. <clears throat> Trade secret. Control C, Control V. No, Kamikatsu. Yeah. Um, okay. so they, the history is that they, they just incinerated everything. Beforehand, which is not uh, uncommon at all. Uh. It's the cheapest, easiest way to get rid of trash is to just burn mm-hmm. it. Uh, but mm-hmm. for all the reasons you might imagine, that doesn't work from a health perspective. And one thing that was particular to this city and a, a town, geez. Other t- <laughs> <laughs> just replace city with town in this yeah. next hour. hour yeah, now. I'm going to do this a million times. Um, is the way it's laid out is they're basically in a, in a valley. So when they would incinerate all this trash that cloud of pollution would just hang out in the valley. Mm. And you could just, you could literally look at the fire and then point up and say, yep, there it is. Like there's the smoke, <laughs> there's the pollution right there. <laughs> so they just, <laughs> they decided to, to do something about it and are, have been very successful in doing so. Uh, hmm. But not without uh, a lot of, I shouldn't say kicking and screaming, but, uh, takes a lot of work and so it took a while for people to get on board and for people to stop bitching and and all that uh, so the way that they do it they're shooting well let me back up a little bit so at the moment they're at 80 percent zero waste so 20 percent mostly food waste still goes mm-hmm. to the uh the landfill they're shooting for complete 
zero waste by 2020. Okay. Um, how are they going to do it? I actually couldn't find how they... Oh, boy. Hang on. We, uh... Shit. That was a work call. Okay, we're back. That was, uh... That was our first interruption mid-recording, so we'll see if I leave this in. Might be funny, <laughs> might not be. Are you hearing this? We don't even know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Kamikatsu. It'll be funny, because I can't even remember where I left off. Um, well, southwestern Japan. Yeah, we were... were not on... Yeah, people were not on board with it at right. first. They were struggling to get into it. Uh, rightly so, because the... I mean, what I'm going to lay out here and what they do, it's extensive. I mean, they do a lot of work to, to achieve this goal, but it's obviously a very good goal, so okay. more power to them. Yeah. Um, so the way that they've accomplished this is they, uh, they've they broken out their, their trash into 34 different categories. Whoa. And... They, they just do the work to get it into those categories, and they have... Just like hand couple, sorting and stuff? Pretty much. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the easiest way to do it is, is to just, at the home, Yeah. start, start there. They do, have, yeah. they, do, they do have people at the recycling and the receiving centers mm -hmm. that, mm -hmm. that double-check it, right, and make sure everything sure. goes where it should. But, yeah. yeah, everybody starts, you know, starts right away with the moment you have a piece of trash, you put it into the right bin. So does that mean I need to have 34 bins at my house? Yep. Wow. So, But I can imagine that bins range from the size of a typical trash can in Japan all the way to like a little yeah. Yeah, Dixie like cup one of the... where you might put <laughs> one very particular type of waste. That's very accurate, yeah. And like one of the categories is leisure-sized waste, they call it, and that's like desks and furniture and shit. Oh. So you're not, you're not going to put that in a bin. No. Um, so yeah, they, they, they've come up with some creative uses for some of this stuff. So like in the case of the furniture, in mm -hmm. order to incur, you know, if you have an old piece of furniture that you don't feel like selling or whatever, you might just throw out, um, instead you can just bring it to this, this spot. And it's basically like a trade system where you can just for note, you know, you're not selling it, but you just give them the couch or the computer or whatever, mm -hmm. and then anybody else in the town, if they need that or can use it, they just can come get it for free. So if you have a couch that's still good that you don't use anymore and mm -hmm. you otherwise would have thrown it out, you can just give it to this place and then somebody else can come and take it for free. Hmm. Okay. So that, that was a, a neat way to get around, you know, not throwing out some of the larger items. But eventually things will need to be disposed of because they've, you know... Move yeah. beyond their service life or whatever. And what they appeared to do with, at least in the case of the furniture and whatnot, is they would break those things down into their component parts. So you would take the fabric off of the couch. You right, would take right. the You would take the foam out. You would take the wooden legs and mm -hmm. do something, you know. Um, but but they once, sell I, once I've done that, I mean, I still have something left to do with those materials. Yeah, and then there's there's things that you can do with the wood, with the cloth. So mm -hmm. in the case of like the fabric, they they do what they can with certain fabrics, and they make clothes out of them that that people actually wear. So like this a picture. There's this one picture of a woman who is wearing a, a dress made out of flags. Oh, that actually sounds pretty so rad. 
Yeah, I looked at them. It was <laughs> they were koi fish flags. It looked dope. Hmm. I was jealous. Um, so yeah, they've come up with some creative ways to. I mean, some things ultimately have to go to the traditional recycling center. Most things, I would mm-hmm. think, you know, to be melted down and reused or whatever. Yeah. Um, but like things like wine glass bottles, mm-hmm. they they just those stay in in the town and just get reused. So yeah, like a, right. a, they just wash it and reuse it. Huh. Most most people don't even like bring the glass bottles to whatever center they're they're bringing it to. They just they just recycle it right within their own household. But I mean, it, there's got to be things being brought into this town. Let's say you get wine from somewhere else. You know, eventually you're going to have more wine bottles than you might need, right? Right, right. And in that case, they are able to send it to the the national recycling centers. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and it f- falls into the larger process. Um, they sell some of the scrap, or uh, what they can. So anything that they can sell. So if they have metal scrap, they have the ability to break that down into a, a sellable... Uh, unit, I suppose. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was pretty cool. Some of the other interesting category they have a whole category just for broken light bulbs. <laughs> Specifically broken? Yeah. I don't... Well, I wouldn't recycle a, a good light yeah. bulb. Um, batteries have their own category. Yeah, that, they know... that's, that's a big, or pretty common. Yeah, and this is said, uh, it's one of the most expensive and hazardous recycling materials. Um, they try to use the metal from the batteries and they, they separate out the chemicals and all that. Wow. That's, yeah. uh, they do take the broken light bulbs and they separate those out into their component parts so that really? the, the metal, the metal base can uh-huh. be put, sent to one place and the glass yeah. to another. That's actually pretty impressive. Right. And uh, is this all see. being done by hand? You pretty well. Or within they the have town, mechanical it, separators or. That I don't know. Certainly, most most of the sorting I have to imagine is done by hand. But like the breaking down, I mean, yeah, like getting a light bulb into its metal and glass components. I'm gonna. I don't know for sure, but I'm gonna hazard a guess and say that it is by hand. And I'm basing that off of the fact that it's only a 1500, 1700 population town. Right. Right. So, how many broken light bulbs are you getting a day? Ten. Mm-hmm. True. You could do that. You could do that. Lighters, lighters get their own category. Hmm. Um, so they, the plastic ones are refilled, and the metal ones, the metal parts, are sold. Uh, and they just encourage people to use wooden matches. Uh, let's see. I picked out. A, there's a whole category for wooden chopsticks. <laughs> That's an easy um, one. Yeah, definitely. And then what do you do of... with wood that's shaped like that? I mean, do you chop it up and turn it into mulch uh, or dirt? Or, well, not dirt, but... The articles and information that I was finding, at least pertinent to that, was it gets turned into paper or they burn it as an actual heat source. So it's okay. you're still burning that trash, I suppose, but you're using You're getting it. a second use out of it. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> you heat your house solely on chopsticks. Yeah. <laughs> Well, um, yeah. If you were gonna heat your house on chopsticks, you wouldn't really bother giving it to the facility so they can give it back to you as chopstick right, would. Right. You just toss that stuff toss in. it in your own fire. Um, and one of the other uh, 
we'll move on from the categories, but um, the PET plastic bottles. Mm-hmm. These are uh, this PET stands for some ridiculous polycarbonate, not polycarbonate, polyethylene tri whatever. Uh, but those are like Coke in a in a plastic bottle, Coca Cola yeah. in a plastic yeah. bottle. That's that's a PET bottle. Bottled water. Uh, bottled water. Um, so this is one of the things that people really hated. All that stuff has to be washed very thoroughly. Oh. And so one of the things that people in the town were really resistant against, uh, you know, at first was like, I can't believe I'm washing my garbage. <laughs> Which I get from a certain level, but yeah. So do you think that um, as a result, people are using less of that stuff? Certainly, I don't have, as in regards to the town itself, I, I don't, I can't say well, one just, way or the other yeah, specifically, but I would say in general, is. yeah, because it's more of a hassle. Just, yeah, exactly. I'm not, I don't want to wash. I mean, unless bottles. you're, you're talking about like a, a Flint, Michigan situation, bottled <laughs> water is a convenience. Right. So right. if it becomes less convenient, maybe less people will use it. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would do sort of what I, I do today, which is I have a, a glass decanter glass bottle essentially mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that I just, I keep filled with water. That's, and that's how I, I like to keep my water or water bottles, you know, steel water bottles. Yeah. Um, right. Cause we were yeah, talking about so- leaving water at one point. We were talking about how leaving it open to the atmosphere can reduce a lot of the. Yeah. Isn't that what you do? You just kind of let it chill with an yep. open top for a while. Yep. And the the purpose of that is uh, the chlorine right. and some of the other things that they put into the water to disinfect it, uh, which you were talking about in episode three, I think. Yeah, way back there. Um, Many moons Yeah, ago. so if, if you let the water sit, uh, some of that stuff evaporates out. Right. Yeah. So do you think uh, that this is only possible when the town has 1,500 people? I think it's a combination of that and extreme effort on the part of everybody involved. Yeah, for sure. Because where I think when you start scaling it, what's going to happen, I think at least you're going to have to get really, you're going to be spending a lot of money on making sure that people actually, actually sorted correctly. Right. And I, I just, I don't know, but I wonder if that's sustainable once you get to like, 20,000 people, I sure. don't know, something like that. Yeah, um, I mean, well, I mean, in theory, you could just break it down into districts and smaller individual yep. operations, but... Get it down to 1,500. You still have to, yeah, little blocks of 1,500, but you still have to then ultimately have more people on board for it to work. Yeah, and... But I don't think it's impossible, as you said, especially if you can break it down at that level and... and get it down to populations of 2000 mm-hmm. by district or whatever. It's certainly possible. Um, and arguably we kind of have to. The whole thought of recycling is confusing because I mean, ultimately there's going to be waste that has to go somewhere. You can't yep. just, you know, nothing's free. So whether you burn it or you bury it or you, sink it in the ocean in barrels and shoot it with a rifle. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's always some 
it's there in one way or the other, and there's going to be some consequence. Burning it, you know, you don't see it anymore, but the consequences, the pollution into the atmosphere or, you know, whatever, the heat, of course, is a, is a byproduct as well. But right. um, the more and more people that are inhabiting this earth and the more and more stuff we use and consume, the more trash there's going to be. Um, but even going back... Well, I don't know. I don't know what it would take for there to be zero waste completely. You would just have to do nothing, I guess. Yeah, I'm not sure total zero waste. I have some other cities that are, are shooting for zero waste, and I mm-hmm. think part of that is going to be how you define zero waste. But sure. yeah, I think you're right. Ultimately, there is just going to be some trash, but far into uh, what this town is doing and, and what other places are doing, I mean, I think it gets it to a sustainable level. I was going to say, there's no doubt that it's in the right direction, right? Right, right. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I think you can only go go so I mean, far before. Because you, you can't, if we're going to be making things with plastics and manufacturing things, that are using fuels, unless the, I mean, I guess the only way to have a perfect, you know, cradle to grave situation where there's zero waste would be you're using wind or solar energy to produce something that is 100% recyclable or biodegradable or a renewable resource. Yep. So maybe you're using that renewable energy to process wood to make a desk which can then be put back into the earth but where it falls apart is the way you're harnessing that energy you'd have to also everything that goes into making that device whether it's a windmill or a solar panel or whatever has to be clean has to be clean as well totally so I don't know. How so long the, can that last before you run out of either room to put stuff or atmosphere? To, I mean, I guess the atmosphere can handle a certain amount of stuff. We're obviously over that limit now, but yeah, I think I think you're. I think that was it. Is uh, I think there's a balance where yeah. you can get to where you can still generate trash, but mm-hmm. you're able to. The Earth is basically able to handle it. Right. Um, it just eats it. Plus, if Elon Musk gets his shit together, we can start launching this stuff into the sun. <laughs> uh, so the last category I want to note was um, there is uh, there is a category of stuff that just has to be burnt still. Anything with gum in it, like oh. xanthan gum or anything like that, yeah, yeah. Gum apparently it has to be burnt. Shoes have to be burnt. Just because it won't ever go away? I think so. Uh, bags, I so shopping bags, shoes because of the rubber. I, that's my guess, I and probably they were... because they're it's it's too many materials into one. Oh, item. maybe I don't know. Yeah, that's yeah. my other thought. Yeah, because I thought rubber you could you know like grind down and turn into rubber chunks for various things. It's not that reusable, but there are. I mean, you can recycle tires. That I know. Yeah, they do do that. Yep, but. Maybe the the mix of materials is more easily separated and reused than sneakers where you have glue and 
cotton and polyesters and plastics and rubber and dyes and yeah child labor so yeah that city got me just thinking about zero waste and i thought there's a very good example being set and and they're no that's awesome yeah it was very you said by 2020 their goal is 100 percent. yeah yep wow so if they meet that if we're still around we'll do a follow-up oh we will uh, be and we'll be very (laughs) critical whether they hit that goal or not January 1st, 2020. Well, I guess, actually, they would technically have through the year 2020. Yeah, yeah. So they got two and a half years of, of actual time. Get it together. We should go there and record a Help. podcast from... <laughs> Wandering Berry Center on location. On location. Here in Kamikatsu. Not live, though, because I mean... we spent all the money on the plane ticket to get here. <laughs> And yes, I said ticket, not tickets, because we're not going back. That's right. Can't afford it. Can't afford it. I, to- <laughs> I, <laughs> I, uh, I totally would use that as an excuse to go to Japan, though. That'd be cool. That would be really cool. It looks beautiful just looking at Google Maps. <laughs> right? <laughs> so mountainous. It's a very picturesque-looking place, and mm-hmm. I can see why they wanted to fix up I could just imagine that cloud of pollution just hanging over. Just, I mean, that's disgusting. a similar situation to what happens in L.A., right? In the valley? Sure. Yep. Same idea. Absolutely. Just kind of floats around in that. Yep. I can't believe they have Google Street Views for this area. Do they really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm cruising around, dude. There's a bike. Ooh, key cars everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now i got to go in. You guys are experts in that now. Holy crap, they have Street View everywhere. Oh, yeah, man, this is wild. The world is an interesting place. Oh, my God, look at how skinny that Toyota is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, apparently this is an HOV lane, and if they're following... In rural Japan. In rural Japan. <laughs> I think it's actually just a single lane. It's the HOV or not lane. Or not. Which, which oh, man, this is fascinating. You can find some really cool stuff just... Poking around. Anyway. Cars everywhere. That was hilarious. (laughs) Suzuki. Um, So, yeah. Then I I was just thinking about zero waste and in general. And so I was just looking around and trying to think to myself. So as I'm talking here, if you think of any ideas. um, But quick side rant. (laughs) Websites that have 101 ways to do X. Or 200 ways to do this, or whatever. Dude, I don't remember what number 10 was by the time I'm on 32, for sure. Not only that, but most of these web... I mean, so I the point I found one, a website that said 101 ways to live a zero-waste life. And most of them, fine, they're, they're fine. But like a lot of them were just like <laughs> this is fine. stupid shit to pad the list. Like one of them was like, don't take a shower every day. And I mean, yeah, okay, I guess, but I don't know. Just in general, those websites, they, they set this high lofty goal of we need 100 items on the list. Oh, you can totally the, tell that the list number was set first. Yeah, they then the writer's like, fuck, I got 75 of them. Yeah, they didn't cut back from 120. <laughs> no. No, they they pumped it up from 72. And, and worse yet, if the writer let on that he had 120, his his manager would just come back and say, all right, make it 150. Yeah more 
Um, so just a couple of uh, zero waste ideas um, that I thought were, I do some of these, we won't necessarily go through that, but just a couple of them. Uh, well, I think it would be good that? to share any tips that you do. I know you're better. Sure. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know. I, when I, I mean, when I came to visit you, I took a few back with me um, that I yeah. still do. So, so definitely one of the easiest ones and is so visible. And I think a lot of people are on board with this, but it, the, uh, the grocery store thing, taking reusable bags to the grocery store. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but then going one level deeper, using uh, reusable produce bags as well. So instead of going up and getting that plastic bag off of mm-hmm. the spool, yeah. you ha- you basically have these little mesh bags, or you can crochet a bag, whatever, um, and, you, you know, you so can you, cut so, so are those washable? I've been wondering about the logistics, because yeah, that yep, hasn't yep. been something I've gotten yet. Yeah, I wash them. Okay. Some other obvious ones. Um, I'm bad about this, trying to be better. Uh, stop using paper towels and go with... Uh, That's one I think about a lot. Yeah, so you know how you do this one? Um, and this, I just got to do it. Just get go out and buy like 30 shitty white cloths. Yeah, just rags. Just rags. Because what I, what I was running into was I never had enough rags, basically. I have this one reusable, so it's like a reusable paper towel, basically, yeah. that you wash. But I only have one of them, so I kind of still needed paper towels. Right. Um, yeah. So one of these days, I got to go out and get just like a whole bunch of rags. And So what if you're... Cup. I just got to do it. Let's say you're, you're, we have a glass top stove here. Yep. Let's say you need to clean up after cooking and it's all oily and maybe some burnt stuff on there or whatever. Um, do you just only wash your uh, your crappy rags together at once? Just isolate those in the washer? Yeah, so like I would, how I would imagine doing it is you'd have a bin, you'd have your 30 rags and you'd have a bin, and once the bin is 20 yeah. rags full, yeah. you throw them through the wash, basically. That's a good idea. Uh, you could wash them in the sink, too, if they're kind of grody. Mm-hmm. You don't want to put yeah, them in the clothes true. washer. Do that first, and then... The, the reusable paper towel that I have uh, tells you to put it in the dishwasher. So. Oh, okay. That's one thing I, I don't know I would like to know. Um, we have a dishwasher, we don't use it. Mainly out of, it's just not a great dishwasher, and especially with the dishes that we have. So we haven't, with just two people, it's easier to just hand wash. I don't know if hand washing is more efficient. Then I think if you do it correctly mm-hmm. and you're alone or maybe two people, yeah, I think it's a better way to do it, especially if you don't have a lot of dishes. Yeah, well, nothing that crazy be- by any means. Because what happens is you either you either wait to fill up the dishwasher and then you have nothing, and you got to wait for the dishwasher to be done, mm-hmm. or you only halfway fill the dishwasher because you still need your plates and shit you know, that evening or whatever it is. Yeah. And, uh, so you'd have to just work out the timing on that. But when it was just me... Well, I don't know I was, which one uses less water, I guess. I, I think I think when used correctly, I'm guessing here, I have no idea. Uh, I think when used correctly, ultimately, the dishwasher, especially when you scale up people-wise, yeah. is, more, is more efficient. Yeah, it would make sense. Yeah. But if it's just At least you, the modern or, one. But the one we have is super old. So yep. 
and shitty. And runs for way too long. Like, it's just not... Makes I a think, horrendous racket. Oh, it's awful. I think considering the situation here, hand-washing is the way to go. But in a modern, you know, situation, um, yep. with a nice dishwasher, it's probably better. So Shorter, uh, shorter showers. Maybe not showering every once a week, but um, I try <laughs> to make my showers last, like, two minutes. Yeah, I try to get in and out as much as possible. Yeah. Or as quickly as possible. Um, let's see what others. I don't know what else I. Oh, one of the things on the list, though. One of the lists was buy house plants, and like that was all what? it said on the list. So but in why? a list of a hundred, I don't know. Like yeah, buy house plants. That is a good idea. It'll help filter your air and shit. But like what? Um, weird. Yeah, I didn't really know what that meant. Uh, at least in America, I'll say. In most, in a lot of major cities, or maybe it's just this state, but you can pay for recycling for your, with your trash company. You can pay an extra charge. Yeah. But at least where I'm at, it turns out that that's a ripoff because they actually just throw it all into the same bin, basically. Really? So they're just lying. Yeah. Pretty much. So what's uh, the alternative? Is there anything else you can do? I we we save all of our recycling and uh usually every weekend at least uh i was lazy this past weekend looking at the pile right now (laughs) um uh yeah we go and we go to the actual recycling center and and put our sorted trash or you know our sorted recycling into the right spots and you'd think colorado would be a little more aggressive in that area i was disappointed yes uh yeah, and it's it's like a huge problem. Like and I was looking into that a little bit. America is the one of the worst performers as far as recycling is concerned. Really? Yep. So actually, you know what? And this is um, totally relevant to what we're talking about. But you asked me before if I wanted to rant about anything, <laughs> and I just thought about it. Um, have you heard about how? Michigan just let uh, Nestle. I did hear about extract this. like twice as much water or something that they have been. Just I did hear about this. It's it. pretty. Also, and even more fucked up is that it's literally a couple days after they stopped supplying water to the people of Flint, they approved <laughs> this. So what they're doing, and this is not unique to Michigan, but they just happen to be the most recent ones to get in the news. Nestle and some of these other like Coca-Cola and other companies, they, they buy the ability to, they buy a certain quantity of water from a municipality for like basically no money. Mm -hmm. Fractions upon fractions of a penny per gallon. Uh, And then they resell that in as bottled water, as Dasani, as, as whatever. And yeah, it's like, if one, if the city was going to do that, at least charge Nestle a profitable amount, like right. as far as the as the city's concerned. Uh, but two, you should just not do that because Nestle is a company that uh, has a questionable track record. Yeah, so that uh, and I don't know a lot of the details on everything behind it, but that's frustrating to to hear. Well, and it's crazy, too, because when you look at the price of what they sold, I forget exactly what the price was that they sold the water for, but 
your next question should be, okay, who's benefiting from this? Mm-hmm. Obviously, the first answer is Nestle. Sure. But this, you would have to think that the city is not just doing this because they're feeling generous. It's because Nestle has greased the pockets of well, the yeah. legislatures. Yeah. And it's so it's it's amazing how blatant the corruption has gotten these days. Like So apparently it had to... some of the most uh public comments of any issue. I, well, I don't know about any issue, but it, a lot, okay? It made a lot of waves. 80,945 people specifically voiced against it, where 75 people voiced in favor of it. Who are those 75 people? <laughs> but, the, I mean, there's your blatant disregard that you're talking about. There's Yeah, it's amazing. 81,000 to 75. Um, so, yeah, so I guess they were they were allowed previously to pump 250 gallons per minute, and now they're allowed to pump up to 400 gallons per minute. <sighs> That's a lot of water. It's really disturbing. There's a yeah. lot of water. Yeah, and it's. I, I wonder if that that aspect, the the blatant aspect of it, is like a result of like politicians not keeping up with the times. So we're we're in a, an age where you know information like that is more readily available and is getting to more people. But most of the politicians that are in office are quite old and probably are. I wonder if there's a bit of disconnect where they they think they can. I mean, they are still getting away with it, but well, there is your answer: is that even if here we are knowing about it, <laughs> shit, what shit, are we yeah, doing yeah. about it? Apparently, nothing. They've made it quite or difficult. They have. They have. <sighs> Nestle, <laughs> Michigan. Yeah, that too. <laughs> that too. Detroit does not exactly have a great track record either um one of the things in that one of those lists that i was looking into uh, that i just thought was really going to the next level and i kind of want to try i have no idea what's involved uh people make soap from drained meat fat i've heard about making soap but i don't know about from drained meat fat that's a first that's that that was on the list why don't you just eat the the meat fat can't you just use it for? Cooking? I mean, that's what I that's what I do. Yeah. But uh, I just thought that one was interesting. Another does, one does was it smell um, like meat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably. I can't imagine that you'd want to mm, like bacon. Yeah. Oh, you're wearing that bacon scented deodorant today. No, nah, I just took a shower. <laughs> Doesn't sound too appealing. They make caffeinated infused soap. It's supposed to wake you up. So uh, yeah, I've heard of that too. Actually, supposed to like satiate your hunger. I don't know. Um, we can we can end on on this. Well, actually, I wanted to talk about the cities real fast. But um, another, a couple other suggestions. Or basically, I was trying to think of my own. Trying not to leverage a list. Basically, what I, I determined was that anything that's disposable. You should basically, if you're trying to improve your own, you should just identify that and then identify how you can replace that. So things that I came up with were like Mm Q-tips, hygiene items. um, So people can make their own toothpaste. You can make your own toothpaste. And then you might put that toothpaste into like a glass jar or something rather than using a plastic toothpaste bottle. Mm -hmm. Um, 
tissues and stuff could be replaced with those rags we were talking about. So yeah, so basically anything. Uh, hygiene items seem to fit that list yeah. that I was thinking of a lot. Um, but yeah, basically anything that you just casually throw away. Um, how about can... buying things in bulk rather than, like, when yep. you go to the store, you know, the produce bags we talked about, don't, like, I don't buy the, if I'm going to buy spinach or whatever, get the bunch and put it in a uh, bag that you've brought as opposed to buying, like, the plastic bin of, yeah, it's convenient, but then you're throwing away this big plastic, plastic container every time. Yep. Um Things like uh, that. One thing that. You can buy, like, nuts re- and coffee and, and that are just stored in bins in the store, and you can put that in your own bag or whatever. Yep. Oh, that's a good one. The coffee one. I didn't think of that. Bring, like, your mason jar to the store, and I don't, I don't know if they let you do that. Well, but... I don't know. It depends on how they weigh it. Yeah, that's true. Because they might have their... The weight of the... Right. They might have their own bag. Zeroed out um, on the thing. I know you're a fan of, I think it's, I think it's a Castile soap. Is that how you say that? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Like Dr. Bronner's. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Dr. Bronner's. Uh, I, I did a little reading on this. Basically the, the, the idea here is that that type of soap is very environmentally friendly to make and mm-hmm. basically can serve as the be all end all for your soap needs. You can wash your dishes with it. You can wash yourself with it. You can. I do use do, it for a lot of things. <laughs> I do as 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 do I. Yeah. So, um, bulk buy Castile soap. Definitely. You're gonna go a long way. Yeah, you to, can um, buy like the gallon of it, and then you just dilute it for whatever the heck you're doing. You know what? I don't use this dish soap, and I'm totally gonna do that because then your plates are gonna smell minty fresh. <laughs> Which maybe isn't actually good for food, but I don't know. I think the mint part. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. I'm just looking at my. I wrote some notes down about how pissed I was about these websites doing these bullshit lists. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so it's just uh, going over. uh, IKEA is coming out with this. um, It's a mushroom-based packaging that will degrade in a garden, let's say, mm-hmm. in as little as two weeks. Wow. So that's dope. 100%? 100%. Huh. That's, that's what the claim is. Well, you know, well, we'll is that like the outer box? Yep. yep. Imagine it's still packed with like some shit inside of it. Probably. You don't just but... get a box with an item in it. So yeah, Ikea's making strides. Lego has, uh, Lego company has made a huge announcement about a year and a half ago now. They are currently spending about three billion dollars they think researching and really striving to replace the plastic that they use in their in making legos with a eco-friendly plastic right yeah i remember that one so that's that's pretty sweet Mm -hmm. um somebody has come up with an edible six pack uh what the hell do you call that the you know the 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 ring thing that holds the six the six cans together Yep. Yeah. So there is a, I haven't ever seen called? this, but uh, there's a beer company that uses an edible one and edible meaning should it end up in the ocean, right? it's actually food for sea life. So is that edible plastic transferable to other plastic? Because there's plenty. Oh, of it's things. not. Sorry. It's, it's not a plastic. It's not a plastic. Well, whatever it's, could you use that for other and substitute other plastics? Not? Because 
well, I the think plastic at least mass in, this in the case, oceans made up of many types of packaging. I'm sure in waste. I would hazard a guess that in this context, the the nature of that is it's probably not good at like holding liquids, so you couldn't use this stuff. Yeah. For, yeah. Yeah. That kind of thing. Hmm. Um, and then just uh, some American cities that are working uh, towards this sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. Fort Fort Collins, Colorado is looking to be 75% waste-free by 2020. Hmm. Austin, Texas is going to go 100% by 2040. New York City, uh, New York, you know, the city, <laughs> zero by 2030. Hmm. I thought that was extremely optimistic. Uh, considering so does that mean just their recycling is totally offsetting whatever their people are using i think so is that yes. what the term generally means i think so yeah okay uh the little blurb about new york city i'll quote uh to do this the city is increasing curbside organics collection using anaerobic digesters for to process food waste expanding community composting and reducing commercial waste disposal Organics make up one-third of the waste stream in New York City, but a lack of food waste processing, both in composting and with uh, anaerobic digesters, make it challenging for businesses and residents to divert waste. Hmm. So basically, the infrastructure is not there yeah. to, to do it, so they're working to do that. Now, will they uh, do, I would imagine, it would be beneficial, just like sorting at home, it would be good to try to encourage people of said area to use less in the first place. Yeah. Definitely. It definitely impacts my decision. I try not to like. I mean, some things I you just can't get away from. Like, if you want milk, you pretty much have to get it in a yeah, plastic you, bottle. Unless you own your own cow. I don't. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you? No. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've definitely. It, it, I try to be cognizant. I was gonna say, like, thinking about it is is probably a lot more than. A lot of people do, so not to sound um, elitist elitist about it, but it's it's easy to not think about. So I thought this. Uh, sorry, I keep thinking of other ones. Um, one of the things that seems to be a barrier to all this is like feeling out of place because you're going to go against like a current social norm, even though it's wrong. So, for example. Uh, if you were going to go somewhere, I'm going to make this up. Let's say you're going to go get ice cream. <laughs> yeah. And you normally would have gotten your ice cream in a little plastic bowl. Mm -hmm. Bringing something like a big mug or something and just having them hand them the mug and say, yeah. can you just put the ice you cream in this? In instead of the... Yeah. Right. So, but that is going to require you to get over the social anxiety yeah. of like, I'm the weirdo well, that's doing this, but the more you're people also setting it. A... Right. Yeah. Right. Um, actually, that reminds me, a good one um, would be to, and most places will do it, just bring your own coffee mug rather than getting yeah. a new paper cup every time. Yeah, so you go to Starbucks, you say, hey, can you just put it in this, please? Yeah, because so many people drink coffee every single day, and Dude. if everybody were to just use a reusable mug, then... That'd be huge. That would be huge, I think. I saw a picture the other day where this the it was a Starbucks trash can. And you know, I don't know if you do, but they have a lid on the top of the trash can that has three holes in it. Recycling, yeah. 
Yeah, whatever, whatever. Water and, or, I mean, paper and plastic or something. The next picture was the lid lifted up, and it was all the same bag. <laughs> no way. So the, the three, yeah, way. The three holes all went, it, it was nothing. It was absolutely nothing. That's real? Or was that just I, an example of that place using it incorrectly? I guess I couldn't comment on that, but, I mean, the picture well, was real. They, they got a giant <laughs> bag from somewhere. Yeah. It covered all three holes as opposed to being three smaller bags. Right. Bastards. All right, so... so yeah, zero waste. There you um, go. Actually, it was hard to not say this earlier. Um... <laughs> Super easy to find a connection. Um, I thought you were going to say, sorry, I thought you were going to say you came up with the same topic because I've been <sighs> kind of waiting for that to happen. <laughs> I, I would say the closest we've gotten so far, actually. Okay, all right. All right. Um, so I want to talk about, it's kind of a <laughs> long title here, but the, so rare earth metals and other like controversial materials that are used in modern technology. And the reason it's so close is because recycling them is a huge part of this. So I am already thinking of one. I'm sure you'll cover, so I'll... Yeah. Um, so I'm just going to start with some clickbait facts, which at 50 <laughs> minutes in, plus this being a podcast format, doesn't really make sense. But here we go anyway. Um, <laughs> so in a smartphone, something that almost... I don't know what the percentage of people on the planet now have one of these things. Probably 75%. I was going to say at least half, right? Oh, yeah. No doubt. Um, so, a common cell phone, you know, Samsung, iPhone, whatever, contains 70 out of 83 of the stable elements that are found on the periodic table. 70 Holy out of shit. 83. So, that's 84% of the everything that's non-radioactive, um, okay, thankfully. Okay, so... So I know gold is in there. I know copper's in there. Uh, cobalt is going to be in That's there. That's a huge one. We'll get to that. Col- yeah, cobalt's a big one. Yep. Uh, lithium is going to be in there, yep. of course. Yep. Is silver in there? Um, not that I know of, but I'm not sure. I didn't. I didn't look at. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The and we don't have to. I was just trying to think of. Yeah. I was just seeing, um, really. Aluminum. Seeing oh, of course. For sure. Course. Um. Uranium, duh. Iron to make some of the steel. <laughs> oh, iron, of course, duh. Jeez, that was an easy one. Yeah. Trying to think of something. Yeah, I was just—I was just trying to remember if I could even remember whatever the some... hell glass is made of. <laughs> <laughs> Silicon. Oh yeah, that's right. Um. <laughs> so there are seventeen rare earth metals on the. Um, periodic table, and we'll describe what those are in a minute, but. Um, yes, yeah, so only is, out of the 17, a smartphone has 16 of those 17. The only one that's not found in there is the one that's radioactive, which is called Promethium, which... I just pulled up the list, yeah. and I'm looking at the list, and that was the one I yeah. pointed out, was like, that. there's no way that's in our phones. <laughs> and conveniently, <laughs> Promethium, which has the coolest name, um, is the least plentiful of all of these rare earth metals. Isn't that so that's nice? nice. Yeah. There you go. Um, Wait a second. So these other ones are in here? Yeah, man. All of those. What? Yeah. I've never even heard of most of these. Yeah. Okay. So they're ahead. used from everything. I mean, the display, the magnets, and the vibration motor. You know, they. some of them are responsible for, like, the colors and the pixels. 
So we're not talking um, just cell phones here. I mean, TVs, cars, light bulbs, computers, catalytic converters. That's um, the one I was thinking of. Yeah. So these these rare earth metals go into many, many things. Um, so I'm going to just brief or very, very high level explain what they are. Um, there's basically 15 elements on the periodic table that are termed the lanthanides. And their atomic numbers, 57 through 71. And then to get the 17, they also include scandium and yttrium. H- yeah, Y-T-T-R-I-U-M. Yttrium, yeah, I believe is how it's Yeah, one pronounced. of the ones you've never heard of. Yeah. Um, so, definitely beyond the scope of this podcast to explain what makes an element a lanthanide, or almost one in the <laughs> case of scandium or yttrium. But basically... There's 15 on the table, and for whatever reason, based you know whether it's I think it has to do with their um, electron configuration relative to the amount of like uh, if you look at the boron model, you know how it's got the the layers, the circles yep. around the nucleus. Um, I think it has a certain amount of layers with a certain configuration and number of electrons. So that gives it certain properties and puts it in this category. But yeah, so those 17 rare earth metals. Um, and until doing all this reading, I had figured that they were in short supply. Um, that's actually not really the case. Um, they're rare more in the sense that they're tricky to extract and they're non-renewable and all that stuff. So um, they don't really occur together in large concentrated areas they're more dispersed in fine you know concentrations so it just so makes I gotta, it i gotta dig up a bunch of dirt and then sift through yeah the dirt. it's not it's not like you're gonna pull out a big ores worth of scandium or something like that and be like here it is no it's more difficult than that so that's kind of what makes it a rem or rare earth metal um so, it was kind of assumed that we would run out, actually. But I think there's new, like, sources being found, and um, there's new ways to recycle, which we can get into a little bit. Um, so, I think a couple of years ago, when the demand for a lot of these things peaked, there was concern that... Um, you know, we would run out within a couple of years, but I think that's right. that's no longer that big of an issue, and we can talk about that. Um, but what's interesting is there was a study done by Harvard where they, I don't know what the metrics were that they used to figure this out, but basically the result of the study was that most of these metals in these devices have no suitable replacement. So in theory, if we were to run out of something, that's it. That's it. No more cell phones. No more cell Jeez. phones. <laughs> At least in the way they are now. Yeah, I mean, I, I can see that because sort of the nature of, you know, the periodic table, like if it if you're using uh, scandium, mm-hmm. you're using scandium because you have to because it's got the specific property. Right, right. right. If there was something easier to mine or you whatever, would've... you would go for that. Right. Um, so sticking with these REMs, the rare earth metals for a second, 
Um, in regards to the production of them, uh, I was kind of wondering where they come from and and all that. Um, who's making it or extracting it rather? So I guess for a while, up until the sometime in the eighties, it kind of bounced around between U.S., Brazil, South Africa, um, India as well. Who was producing the most? But now, which probably isn't all that surprising, China is the biggest producer. Um, and them having access to it is purely based on luck, right? I mean, these deposits, right. are they are where they are. just happens that China now has access to quite a lot of it, and they're now, I don't know, the number keeps changing depending on the source you look at, but I never found anything under 80% um, of all, Coming out of China. all rare earth metal content. Coming out of China, eighty percent was the lowest value I found. I found up to ninety-five Damn. at one point. Damn. Yeah, so they've got a stronghold on that for sure. Um, and my side tangent for this week on that was <laughs> there's all this, and not to get into him too much, but the tariffs and stuff that Trump's imposing. Right, right. I was like, why wouldn't you do something about this with the the rare earth metals? Well didn't take that long to realize that we have one very small source which is basically it's really not um economically viable even and in today's standards with no tariffs to extract from there i guess um also we need them for lasers and missile defense systems so (laughs) got it (laughs) screwing himself directly yeah but yeah, we have no alternative, so they didn't get any attention. Um, but yeah, that's actually that's that's uh, buy stock in Chinese rare earth metals, I guess. Maybe that was what I initially thought. I actually, <laughs> while doing this, started looking up some companies and their stock prices and stuff. Um, but like I said, other sources coming out. So, um, and we'll get there in a moment. Um. But one interesting thing about China is that sometimes these or these are often divided into heavy and light REMs, so two different categories. Some of them, China is literally the sole producer of the of certain heavy rare earth metals. So they have one hundred percent control over some of them, not all of them, but there will be you know, and if a phone requires them or whatever device we're talking about, um, then you have no choice but to source it through there. So, yeah, so obviously high demand. Cell phones and personal electronics are obviously the biggest ones um, requiring these, but now electric cars coming about and all the technology going into those. And again, everything else that I mentioned, TVs and um, laser systems and missiles and God, the list goes on. Um, Demand, certainly up. So it's becoming more economically viable to get them in different ways. So... There's that spot in the western U.S. that's been getting a lot of attention. Um, I think it's in California. Um, Estonia has some resources, and then also Japan um, has some as well, which is directly connected to your topic. And then also, again connected, is the device recycling has gotten way better. Um, just being able to break a cell phone down, for example, back down into its elements and individual pieces and parts and, and what have you. 
So are we able to? You probably this is really pointed, but uh, the screens. Are we able to get the rare earth elements back out of the screens? Well, I that was read. Where my... Yeah, I don't know much details on the specific components, like at, from yeah. the screen versus from the motors with the magnets and blah blah blah. Um, but. One source I found said that it's actually easier now to get these rare earth metals back out of produced devices than it is to get them out of the ground in the first place. Oh, so wow. Yeah, That's so recycling neat. is actually preferred. Now, I, Yeah, which is really cool. I would imagine, though, that... And here's one way that you can reduce your waste is that buy, don't buy a new phone every freaking year. Yeah. Yeah. Right? We're buying them at such a crazy rate that, you know, it's not like everybody's buying a new one and recycling your old one. And I mean, they, not, they, they not, can't get cobalt out of the ground fast enough. No. So. So, yeah. So, regardless of how easy and nice it is to recycle some of these things now, I don't think it's, you know, a trade off with how much. Um, people are buying in terms of all this stuff. So, right. You have more and more you people willing make sure to buy actually... into it, plus people just upgrading every year. And I see pictures online of people all the time who have a collection of all their old phones, mostly Apple people. <laughs> <laughs> right? So, I mean, there's no recycling opportunity if I just hang on to it and put it in my desk. Well, yeah, but you're also... Uh, yeah, I guess, yeah. I'm just saying, just it, say, in a in a micro example, it can't be a perfect trade-off if I keep the one device and buy a new one. That new one had to be yeah. remanufactured. I'm not giving anything back, right? Right, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, so also there's like a... And this is, goes without saying, so I don't really have to spend too much time here, but a huge environmental impact when uh, mining and refining all this stuff. So, yeah, like, definitely. the open pit mining that just creates a giant hole in the earth. Um, a lot of these REMs come out of the ground contaminated with radioactive material, I guess. So, the people in China mainly processing this stuff and mining it have to deal with that. Um, use pretty huh. toxic chemicals to clean them and not to mention the radio radioactive waste that comes from it. I guess these uh, mines just have something called a tailing pond. Have you heard of that? No. If you look at a map of a... I was doing it earlier. If you look at like a mine on a map, especially one of these, um, you'll see just like some wastewater ponds around. And I guess they just... That's just where it goes. I don't know about here in the U.S. Like, what? Oh, yeah. Um, okay, I have a little anecdote for this. Mm -hmm. Uh couple years ago out in Colorado somebody disturbed sorry actually I know who it was the EPA was doing an inspection on a decommissioned mine if I got that right and they disturbed the wastewater and turned the Colorado River I think it was the Colorado River no 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 different river uh, either way uh, that wastewater that tail pond which was in the mine like out of sight, out of mind. Mm -hmm. They disturbed it. They caused a leak, and all of it went into the river. Oh and god! It fucked it up big time. Yikes! Uh, yeah, let me see if I can. Uh, uh, river 
spill. Gold King Mine. And the pictures of it, oh, I mean, the water's orange. It's an orange river going oh, through a natural landscape. Uh, is it orange just from, like, rust and oxidation, or is it just chemicals? Both, both. Yeah. Um, oh, and it was the Colorado, I was right, it was the Colorado River. So that's the Grand Canyon. That They poisoned the Grand Canyon. When was this? Uh, 2014, late 2014. So what happened? Oh, sorry, what no, no, sorry. Questions? Early, early 2015. The um, the uh, the Animus River was the first river, which goes then goes into the Colorado River. Um, so the 2015 spill into the Animus River, which laced, which was laced with mercury and arsenic, so it's caused the EPA 29 million. That doesn't tell us what it did. Uh, well, you certainly couldn't drink the water. People, <laughs> the whole summer, the whole summer recreation that was built around that river, you know, water rafting and all that, yeah. that was all stopped. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know, I'm sure, fish populations and whatnot. Absolutely. I do. Got decimated. Uh, but and I don't know And then the people sure. eating those fish later down the road. Sure, sure. Um, and the, the thoughts are that the river probably won't return to some semblance of normal state for another 20, 30 years. Yikes. That's gross and unfortunate. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's crazy. Tailing ponds. Yeah, yeah I did not know so what that I, was, but I, I'm, I'm looking at pictures. So I don't know if there's any, like, plan there or if they just kind of let it leach into the ground. That's what they were doing, apparently, in the Gold King mine. Yeah. It was just it was just sitting, in, you know, underneath in the mine. Yeah. And for whatever reason, they, they were inspecting and they <laughs> disturbed it and caused a leak. Poking around. Shouldn't be poking Pretty around much. in there. Pretty much. Um, so I mentioned before about Japan. So yep. conflicting timelines on when this was discovered, but recently, within the last... I don't know if it was between 2013 and the one article I found said it happened, like, this year. So I really don't know. But basically, they found a shit ton of... <laughs> Uh, rare earth metal deposits off the coast of Japan somewhere. 16 cool. million tons of material. Um, now, I don't think it's a deposit of all 17 or 16 that we need. Just a complete home run. Right. Like. <laughs> but of what is there, apparently at today's current demand, we have, or in just in that deposit... 780 years worth of yttrium, yttrium, the Y one Damn. from before. Yeah. 620 <laughs> years worth of europium, europium is how it's pronounced. These are weird words. Sorry, people. 420 years worth of terbium, and the list goes on. So there's some others, but um, yeah, I don't know if everything is included. Because, I mean, that's great if we have 780 years of one of them, but if we only have 10 years of the other... What good is the other <laughs> seven seventy? You know, yeah. I don't know. Either way, Not pretty cool. Good. There's a couple issues um, within the sixteen million tons of mud that contain all this. Uh, it's pretty deep, so um, extracting it's going to take some effort. But if demand keeps going and going and going, then they'll make that happen. Um, and at least, at least for the phones, I'm not sure. Well, demand for phones won't go away, but the the thousand dollar iPhone X is 
it appears Apple has found the ceiling. Uh, that phone is not, people are not buying it. Well, so that's what people dollars, thought, but then I'm pretty sure they released their quarterly results. Yeah, they didn't. Do, oh, the other day. I thought they weren't doing well. No, I think it was the opposite. Oh, I think they proved right. everybody wrong. Damn. I think. I don't. I'm. <laughs> that's headline based knowledge, so could totally be wrong. I didn't Mine actually was read headline anything. based too. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, real anyway. quick before I move on from uh, this Japan discovery, I thought this was a funny quote that I pulled from an article. Um, <laughs> so it's talking about the the mud supply. It says has the potential to supply these materials on a semi-infinite basis to the world. Yeah. Semi-infinite. It either is yeah, or it what? is not. <laughs> like, I know what they're they're getting at. Like, none of us will... It's not our problem. 780 years from now, right? Basically, it's procrastination. I just thought that was funny. Um, okay, so the other thing I wanted to talk about is moving away from the rare earth metals and talking more about some of the other stuff that you already mentioned that are in some of these favorite devices of ours. Um, mainly lithium-ion batteries and some of the components in there. Um, and the first one being lithium itself. Uh, it's just kind of a cool material, honestly. Um, the It's not particularly difficult to mine in that aspect. A lot of it comes from the Andes Mountains, a little bit from the U.S. It's not really any cleaner or more difficult to mine than other things like copper, whatever. Um, it's not mm-hmm. good for the environment. It still has open pit mines and all that stuff. But, um, yeah, you can either do it through hard rock mining where you would have to do the open pit thing um, and extract it that way. Or they do something kind of cool, which is mining it from, like, brine is what it's called. Um, and basically you end up having these big water pools where you put this brine solution that's got the lithium in it and, and you just let it bake in the sun and evaporate all the excess liquid. And then you process the the lithium from there, which is kind of interesting. Makes sense. Yeah. But um, lithium on its own is just kind of scienced out a little bit on the facts about it. It's kind of cool. It's the lightest metal that we know about under normal conditions. It's like half the density um, of water or something like that. It's the least dense metal. Whoa, it floats then? Yeah, I think so. That's cool. If you could get it to float, because I'm, when you drop it in water, it'll explode. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, I forgot about that. That's right. It probably right. wouldn't have the opportunity to explode if it was completely submerged, right? <sighs> I don't know. I'm not a scientist or a chemist or anything like I'm that. I'm a bad one. Yeah. So, um, You can cut it like butter with a butter knife. What? Yeah, if you had a little, if you had like a tootsie roll of lithium, um, yeah, you can cut it into little chunks. It's wow, super so it's soft, even softer than even softer than lead. Oh yeah, wow. And it's when you when you make that slice, it's like super shiny, um, and silvery on the inside, but it oxidizes wicked quick. So that shininess is short lived. Hmm. Um, but yeah, so this is one of the main components used in lithium-ion batteries. And the lithium-ion batteries are the actually the whole reason I started looking this up. And I thought lithium was the problem with them, um, but really it's not that much more of an issue than mining anything else. The real issue right now um, 
is cobalt, like you had mentioned. So most of it's coming out of the Republic of Congo, actually. And the reason that's such a big deal is because there's tons of mines that are um, completely unregulated and have a bunch of children working in them. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. Oh, fuck. So there's basically no regard for safety, and then obviously you have tons and tons of kids working, extracting all this um, cobalt in really horrible conditions. Um. So, unsurprisingly, it's there's been a couple, you know, people following the cobalt trail, and it turns out that um, cobalt mined by these kids has definitely ended up in iPhones, the hybrid car your neighbor might own, you know, all the stuff we love. Right. Definitely has child labor in it. Well, not definitely, but some of it, for sure. Yikes. That puts the doing your own recycling into some kind of perspective like mm -hmm. kind of makes that seem not so important when you consider that your iPhone might have child labor. Well, the good thing is that um, this is getting called out and it has gotten called out now a couple times. Um, so companies now are being forced to kind of look into it more. And so I think it's important to note that with this, like, the children mining the cobalt in the Congo is definitely a few steps removed from, say, the person in corporate Apple world that's sourcing materials for products at Apple or, you know, Tesla or whatever. They're not inherently aware. No. So and it's actually quite difficult to trace because you'll get a lot of, you know, let's say I'm the company that deals with the mines in the Congo. I'm going to go around and get cobalt from different mines some of which might have child labor right. some don't because there definitely are right. plenty of places there that are not using that method um, and then mix it all together refine it and sell it as a bulk product so if I'm and I think there's probably even more steps you know before that supplier sells to Apple you know Apple probably buys components which are blah 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 so they're four or five steps removed from the process um but that, you know, a lot of these companies are now forcing, being forced to rethink that and either talking about buying directly from a supplier or um, just doing better due diligence to um, understand where it's coming from. Right. How they execute that is, should be followed up on. But um, so <laughs> I'm not really sure what cobalt production itself is like in terms of the yield, but. Just for perspective, um, a typical cell phone has like a couple pennies worth in terms of weight, um, and a Tesla battery in a regular Tesla vehicle has like, I don't know, several pounds, like 20 pounds or right. something. Actually, that was more than I was getting ready for you to say, a couple pennies worth in terms of weight. That I was more so. than I was expecting. I, th I mean, I, I believe you, yeah. but just I, I, sort of like the other ones, I imagined it was going to be less, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mean, everybody's cell phone has a, not an insignificant amount of cobalt in it, um, up to, and then not only does the Tesla have a couple, you know, tens of pounds in it, but then all the hybrid cars in between that are going to have, I don't know, five pounds, 10 pounds, whatever. 
with a smaller battery. Um, but yeah, actually, so first of all, it's worth mentioning, cobalt's not a um, rare earth metal. But I grouped it into this because of the whole controversy around it. And it's actually what I was... I knew there was something in these phones that had... Uh, and not just phones, but electronics that had child labor involved. I just I thought it was lithium at first, but it actually turned out to be the cobalt. Um, but I encourage everybody to go, and maybe I can put it in the description when we post this episode. But um, the Washington Post did like a pretty ridiculous report on this um like extremely extensive and it's actually pretty nice to go through the way they have it presented in terms of the pictures and the way they lay out the map and show you you know firsthand what's actually going on um right so i'm gonna yeah i think i'll link in the description because it's actually quite a sounds good to me yeah no affiliation by the way but just for awareness sake it's pretty intense Um, okay, so the flip side of that is, of all of this, really, not just the child labor thing, but the um, rare earth metals being difficult and all that, is that hopefully it will force other companies and some innovators and whatever to look elsewhere and like replace cobalt, for example, with, um, I think nickel is at least to some degree a viable replacement, so, you know with all this shit flying around about these things, it'll force other um, solutions to come out, you know. Right. Which is good. Um, And then with uh, a lot of these rare earth supplies, so um, you have companies like scrambling to lock in suppliers. So Volkswagen right now, um, they came up a ton in the research I was doing because um, they're late to the game with electric vehicles but also now have a huge electric vehicle plan, rather ambitious for obvious reasons. Um, So they're, like, scrambling to figure out how they're going (laughs) to figure all this out, Um, which is interesting. But, yeah, so as more and more electric vehicles come onto the the market, hopefully it'll force, um, you know, new solutions in terms of battery tech and some of these metals that are going in. That being said, electric vehicles, vehicles, believe it or not, are still pretty small. Um, they use like, I think cobalt specifically, I remember reading 10% of cobalt goes towards electric vehicles where the rest is used mainly in consumer electronics and then other stuff. Um, so it's small still, but it's growing. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much where I ended my, uh, research into the whole thing. I did find one random fact um, that might be disturbing. Uh, <laughs> random earth metals being used as livestock. Wait, 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 wait. What? Wait, ran- random earth metals? Sorry. Oh, okay. No, I it's didn't know if that's part of my meant. No, it's part of my random facts section that I've created. <laughs> uh, no, rare earth metals. They're adding them in, mostly in China to animal feed. Um, because, what? yeah, because it makes larger animals and, like, increased egg production. And nobody knows, really, what the side effects are. No. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna pull this trigger and deal with the results later. Because we have more That is classic, eggs. that is classic human thinking right there. Right? 
I mean, it's yeah, working it, out it's now, the, right? Yeah. It's the innocent until proven guilty philosophy. Definitely. Nobody's died from rare earth metal poisoning yet. I mean, that makes sense to some degree because, like, you know, you need iron and Well, yeah, potassium. I mean, they're in, they're in every, I mean, if they're really distributed evenly throughout soil and stuff, I mean, you're getting some just through the food you eat and the water you drink and blah, 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 I'm sure. But in what amount compared to what's going on in China? I have no idea. Hmm. But anyway, moral of the story is I think it's worthwhile to give some thought into A, the amount of natural resources that are going into these devices that you're using every day. And then on a sadder note, the whole cobalt situation into how all this stuff is being mined and not even just the cobalt, the other elements too, and what it takes to actually extract those things. And, you know, the final product looks all pretty and efficient and blah, 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 but everything that goes into it. When you were talking about tailing ponds, I found a picture that shows like a cutaway view and it has the different levels of Uh water that would be in a tailing pond. Okay. And so the, the top level is, they have labeled as recyclable water, right? It's, okay. it's all all the heavy stuff has sunk. Okay. But I think what I'm I think what I'm gathering from this image here is that there, as you said, there's a certain amount of that tailing water that is just permanently contaminated. Yeah. So is the hope that like the recyclable water will come to the top, evaporate, and be taken out and then you're just left with like a sludge pool that's it's either that or this particular it either evaporates away it looks like or in this case the it's the the top layer of the water is pumped out Hmm. and would that become solid underneath the shitty part it looks like yes it says the layers are recyclable water then fluid fine tailings so like fine particles still suspended in liquid Mm mm-hmm and then mature fine tailings, which looks to be solid. Hmm. I'm also looking, like, as you were talking about all this, like, I'm looking at, I've got a phone, I've got my work laptop, mm-hmm. I've got two monitors, a speaker, an Xbox controller, a uh, music tool, uh, preamp, it's called, uh, that's I don't yeah, know. Man, there's what, a lot of yeah, a lot of things whole, using all these. Yeah, it's incredible. Luckily, it doesn't seem like they're in short supply. Well, actually, maybe it would be better if they were in short supply. <laughs> I don't know. Some probably maybe, not. In some ways, but it could force us to. Well, I was going to say actually, if it's in too short, if it's in too short a supply and people really really need their cell phones, that's that's when war starts. Was, so. Yeah, that's true. That's a good yeah, point. That's not good. That's not good. Yeah, so maybe we just need happy. we just need better ways of using and recycling. But I, I think an optimistic thing. Let's end it on on an optimistic note yeah. here. Is that well, one the, the all that stuff is being called out. Hopefully, I mean, there's. Uh, but then two. Uh, as the. As the demand grows, you know, people come up with more creative and more efficient ways to get this stuff. Right. So hopefully we'll just get better at it as we go. Yeah, I think so. I mean, that happened with a lot of things. Um, 
I don't have any specifics in front of me, but a lot of natural resources, you know, the first time we went and got them, it was not a fun process. Like oil, getting oil out of the ground for the first time, that must have sucked. Well, I think there's, <laughs> not to bring us back down, but I do think there is still some uh, oh, controversy yeah. around refining and extracting oil, but we definitely, don't need to go there. Definitely, yeah. We'll leave it at that for now. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Stay vigilant, folks, and uh, yeah, don't Keep take an these things for, for granted. You can... Yeah. <laughs> you know, I see my old cell phone sitting on the counter over there. I, I you know, I actually hypocrite. have my. <laughs> I have uh, my old one as well, actually, that I thought I would use around the house as like a just a Wi-Fi device, and I never have. A pooping phone. Uh, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Maybe I should just put it in there. That's the smart idea. Just keep it right there. It's slow. That's what's bullshit about it. It's because they engineer them to become slow. So, well, I don't like the, if you update the software, it becomes too bloated for the phone. Right, right. Also, to be fair, the phone that I'm talking about was an Android, and Kiefer and I did all this shit to it, and yeah, <laughs> like we we did all kinds of programming and right. really messed really with messed it. with it. So. Probably my own doing. All right, everybody. Thanks for uh, sticking this one out with us. Check out the website. Uh, the art for this episode. I don't know what it is yet, but I bet it's gonna be good. It's gonna be fun. All right. Yeah. Make sure you visit the website. There's, uh, there's goodies on there. And I'll also I'll link the um, article that I was talking about for this one as well. Cool. Yeah. Alrighty. Take it easy, y'all. Peace.